Blog Talk Radio.
All Eyes on Chicago, August 20th to the 23rd, as Chicago welcomes the first annual Black Wall Street National Conference. Joining us in our efforts in sustaining and increasing black business. To register, visit www.blackwallstreetdistrict.com and listen to Black Wall Street USA, Thursday evening at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time on blogtalkradio.com slash cbbn. This ad was sponsored by Chicago's blackbusinessnetwork.com. Join us today and touch the world. All eyes will be on Chicago as Black Wall Street Chicago prepares to host the first Black Wall Street National Convention and Summit scheduled for August 20th through 23rd. You're listening to Black Wall Street USA for Thursday, July 29th. 2010, and our host, Mr. Ron Carter, will be absent for the first time since we started airing this show in December of last year. Mr. Carter loves him from Black Wall Street USA. Did you listen to the broadcast last week? Uh, we did it live from Brown Sugar Bakery on 75th Street in Chicago. They were having a great time on 75th Street. We got so many calls about that show uh, the next day, and we got some great hits on that show also. You can listen to it in our archives at www.blogtalkradio.com slash cbbn. We want to thank each of you, all of you, that showed up over there last Thursday on 75th Street. We, we appreciate your support. We really do appreciate it when you take the time to come out and support us in our efforts to sustain and increase black businesses across the country and the world. That worked out so well that the National Chair, Reverend Michael Carter, wants the nation to meet the Black Wall Street districts. Therefore, Blog Talk Radio, get ready, get ready, get ready for reports from Oakland, Chicago's four districts, San Diego, Atlanta, and more. We will be live from those Black Wall Street districts and talking to the merchants and customers from those areas as well as Black Wall Street districts everywhere. So get ready. Get ready as we get ready for our first convention and summit. Now, that broadcast is going to be uh, Thursday, August the 12th at 7 p.m. right here on Blog Talk Radio. And, yes, indeed, Mr. Carter is missing this evening. He is at the Ice Theater here in Chicago with the team from the Tulsa Project for the screening of the movie Before They Die. That is the story of the survivors of the 1921 Tulsa, Oklahoma race riots. Now, you have to add that up, people, 1921. Those survivors are in their 90s and hundreds. They have lived. They're living that long so that they can remind us and tell us of the story that has been hidden for so long of those Tulsa race riots. From May 31st, 1921 to June 1st, 1921, they phrase it one day in May, 300 plus people were massacred in that town. So you should uh, you should take time. We're going to have another screening of that. You should take time to learn the story of Before They Die. Board member of Black Wall Street Chicago, Ms. Kuma Brooks, is our host this evening. We're glad to have her. We're going to go worldwide today to discuss international trade and what is right with Africa. Our broadcast headlines ask the question, what is wrong with Africa? And in my experience, 90% of the time when you get into a discussion about Africa, a conversation about Africa, it is negative. It is all about what is wrong with negative. That all, all, it's all about what's wrong with Africa. 
the negative discussions are so overwhelming that all the other information is blacked out or filtered out to us as African Americans. We're not hearing the positive things. We're not hearing what is right with Africa. But other races are not having those same discussions, the top ten, as they're referred to, the controllers of this planet that we live on, they're having a different discussion. They're sitting around their conference tables discussing how and where to invest in Africa. We must begin now, not later, right now, to have the same discussions as other races. Once again, they're sitting around the table, splitting up the resources of Africa among themselves, and we will be shut out once again, but this time it will be on us. Ms. Kuma Brooks, who is also the head of the Fight for Life World Care Network, and her guests are here to discuss what is right about investing and traveling to Africa right now. This is Sonia Perdue, founder of Chicago's BlackBusinessNetwork.com, and you are listening to Black Wall Street USA. You may listen to a rebroadcast of this show on www.wjpcchicago.com. Our show airs Saturdays from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. That's wjpcchicago.com. That's Saturdays, 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. That means we are also expanding our advertising opportunities to you uh, that are really the focus of our show, the small business person. The small business person is the focus of our show. And that means that we're reaching a larger Chicago audience, which is good for us, which is great for you. For advertising opportunities, give me a call, 312-239-8835. That's my direct number, 312-239-8835. This is a joint advertising package with South Street Journal. You know that Ron Carter has been the editor and publisher of South Street Journal for more than 16 years. If you don't know it, you know it now. Chicago's Black Business Network is part of this advertising package and blog talk radio. So give us a call at 312-239-8835. You're listening to Black Wall Street USA. I'm Sonia Perdue. All eyes will be on Chicago as Black Wall Street prepares to host the first Black Wall Street National Convention and Summit scheduled for this August between August 20th and 23rd. You can visit our national website, blackwallstreetdistrict.com. That's blackwallstreetdistrict.com for more information and details. We're going to be right back with Ms. Kuma Brooks and her guest this evening. We have a very exciting show, and we want you to join us. Please stay tuned.
support organizations like Partners in Community Building, Inc., as they contribute to building up our communities by enriching the lives of others. Partners in Community Building is a nonprofit organization, and there is no charge for their services. PICB is a HUD-certified counseling agency, and here are just a few of the services available to you in the Chicagoland area. Foreclosure prevention, there's no charge for this service. Winterization, who doesn't need their home winterized? CETA Energy Assistance and Furnace Programs. Even if you are paying your electric and gas bill on time, you may still qualify for assistance from CETA. Home Ownership Counseling is available as well as rental assistance referrals. Partners in Community Building is located at 3424 South State Street in Chicago. For additional information and to schedule an appointment, contact PICB at 312-328-0873. Call 312-328-0873 for all of your housing needs. Ms. Bobby Ball is the Executive Director of Partners in Community Building, Inc. Tell her you heard about it on CBBN on Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Black Wall Street USA, and I'm Sonia Perdue. We're back, as all eyes will be on Chicago, as Black Wall Street Chicago prepares to host the first Black Wall Street National Convention and Summit scheduled for August 20th through 23rd. You can visit our national website at blackwallstreetdistrict.com. We're going to go to our host. We're so excited today to have Ms. Kuma Brooks, board member of Black Wall Street Chicago. Kumba, how are you this evening? I'm fine. How are you? August 20th through 23rd. Doing great. Uh, okay. Do you have hear a, me? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. I hear the show going in the background, Kumba. You're going to have to turn that off. But um, yes. <laughs> we're glad to have you, Kumba. We're glad to have you with us. Now, Kumba, uh, let's see where we start. I mean, you, you, you're into so many things. Let's start with let's start with your organization because we talk every week about Black Wall Street. Let's start with your organization first, Fight for Life World Care Network Inc. Tell us a little bit about your organization, Kuma. Fight for Life World Care Network is a, a research organization that researches the problems that affect our children worldwide, and we have started right here in Chicago and went as far. Uh, south as Brazil and as far east as Rwanda, uh, basically researching the problems that affect our children. We are aware of the fact that if we get the children uh, healed from all the social ills and leave the parents alone, that the family is still broken. So we work with the healing of the holistic family and alternatives of uh, housing children that are homeless or street children other than orphans and, and foster care. Okay. Now, when you say research uh, the problems related to uh, these children, you're doing this internationally. You go in and do formal studies. Is that what you do, Kuma? Yes, we do. We do formal okay. studies. We study the uh, children. Uh, we study the children. Uh, we identify the situations and problems the history of the problems, and then we identify what's in, what's structurally 
in place in that nation like America or Senegal or that's one of the nations we work in. And then we look at alternatives. We look at how it's worked in the past and at the present. Then we look at alternatives. So it's a scientific it's a scientific approach. Okay. And what countries what country are you currently working on research in? Senegal, Gambia and Mali. Okay. Now, if I were to ask you, uh, take uh, Senegal, for example, because you are here to educate us as to, uh, I know the research goes in to find out what is wrong with Africa in that particular area and how to fix that particular problem or assist them in fixing their problems. But if you go to Senegal, what is the major problem in Senegal? If you talk related to the children, what is their major problem right there. Well, I think in most developed countries you find the major problem is is a key problem is basically poverty. So Senegal would be in the same boat. It, poverty is a major problem. Some families don't have um, the means to be able to take care of their children, hence their children may be found um, in the streets begging, or some children are just detached. You know, we use the terminology detached from their parents. They're homeless, uh, and they're living in the streets. And those are some of the children that we target. We target the invisible children of society. And just, you know, just as our, because we want our success stories to show how we can take what the, what the society basically overlooked and show the great gifts and wonders of these children. So we're working on various things. I collect oral history from both Africa and the southern parts of the United States and Brazil. And we use that information to, in part of our research, to, to find things that worked in the past and combine them with things that work in the present. Okay, and let's just be specific to Senegal, although it may be the same across uh, different parts of Africa, developing countries, and domestically. Let's, let's take uh, Senegal. If the major problem is poverty, what led to their what led to their poverty? Is it that uh, they can no longer be supported by their natural resources? Their natural resources are depleted. Is it other forces that have forced them into poverty? Why can they not support themselves in that particular in that particular country? I think that that comes into a, a whole big history lesson. Uh, Senegal was colonized by the French. That begins the story of why they are not they cannot support themselves. They were a uh, product of neo-colonialism, which means that someone else is ruling uh, by way of someone else in another nation. And Senegal is in the part of the Sahara where the lands are actually drying. I mean, it's turning into desert. Every year, a percentage of Senegal is actually seeking into, sinking into the desert. And as we, most of us know that we cannot basically be able to grow food and sub, sustain life in the desert. So Senegal so, is, is in an area where there's a lot of desert. It's a lot of water, but it's also a lot of desert. Okay. And so the question often comes up, Kuma, and I know we've talked uh, every week you're giving us a history lesson at the uh, the board and committee meetings. What is stopping them from migrating to more, more prosperous, prosperous areas or areas that will support uh, their basic needs? 
the borders that the Berlin Conference put up, up, they are just like we cannot leave this nation without a passport or visa or consent to go into another nation. So are other nations globally, Senegal being one. So for them to, to let's say, for instance, leave Senegal and go into Mauritania or go into Guinea, uh, that's a different nationality now. We're talking crossing national borders. So that comes into a whole political uh, that comes into a political problem. You know, they're different nationalities. Even though historically Senegal and Gambia were one people based on the Berlin Conference, the British got Gambia and the French got Senegal, so they are now separate. So there is a passport or a visa needed, uh, you know, if you're a United States citizen, but a passport uh, needed if you're in Senegal and you want to go over to Gambia. You can't just go. You can't just cross the river. It's a different nation. So they're they're forced into poverty by these. Well, they're not imaginary. They're very real lines because they can't cross them. Uh, created uh, by surrounding countries and interference by other countries. Is that what you're saying? Yes, because the Senegalese itself, based on some of the oral history that I have, actually migrated from Lower Egypt uh, during the Persian. Uh, when the Persians were actually putting war against the Egyptians. And they migrated to a place that they called Senegal, and they actually ended up in uh, Senegal because they knew that there was water there. Senegal has a beautiful Senegalese sea, and it's the farthest west point of Africa, which, is, of course, is surrounded by the Atlantic Ocean. Uh, so, But even with that being a part of it, the desert is very strong, so it's taking a lot of the land. Malaria is also very high in Senegal, and with poverty, you can't afford uh, to pay for the hospitalization and the medication that's needed for such things. That's the greatest killer in HIV AIDS. They're only they're less than one percent HIV, but their greatest killer is poverty, second malaria. Okay, I got you. And the reason I I, I tried to focus it, even though this may be a problem. Um, I can hear my show in your background, Cooper. Even though this may be a problem uh, in other developing nations, sometimes when we come on to talk about these different issues, we give too much information. That's why I want to focus on uh, a you know Pacific country and what's uh, going on with them. Now, once you do this research, Kumba. What happens to this research? Where does it go? Who handles it? Are you passing it on to other companies or people who can find solutions? What's ha what happens to your research after you do it? Well, presently, since we're specifically Senegal right now, presently we're trying to work on starting a pilot project in Senegal. So we're doing a discovery on exactly what region in Senegal we will be doing that pilot project. And it's sort of like a um, – and once that happens, uh, my team – from you know the USA as well as some of the people from Senegal will be working that project. It'll help the infrastructure because it will give uh, jobs to some people and education because it'll be a combination of education, housing, etc. But we'll do it different than the orphanages. We won't. It won't be the same type of you know stay for homeless children. Okay. You know uh, I went to, to visit your website a little bit before uh, I brought you on the air. And you have a, 
a clip there from the first day of the Haiti earthquake uh, showing on there from YouTube. And you may not have been on that website in quite a while. You may not have looked at that particular clip. But I looked at it today. And, I made that uh, that's my video. Oh, you made actually, that yourself? That's, that's my video. You were actually there video, filming that? No, no, some of it was actually, I think the video that's on there is actually a prayer and stuff coming from the, the Haitian community. Those are YouTube videos. Yes. That's on my site? Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's me. I did that. Is that right? Oh, okay. I get you. I get you. I get you. We're uh, talking to Ms. Kuma Brooks, head of Fight for Life World Care Network, Inc., and also a Chicago uh, Black Wall Street member, board member. Now, how long have you been a board member of Black Wall Street, Kuma? About four months. Fast. About four months? <laughs> oh, you're a newbie, yeah. huh? I'm new. <laughs> I think I might be stretching it. I think about four months, though. You might yeah. be stretching it, but then that's great because uh, it is an inclusive organization. The doors are open and everybody is welcome. But for all of you who do not know, uh, Black Wall Street Chicago holds a, holds a committee meeting every Thursday morning at 8.30 a.m., at the offices of the South Street Journal at 449 East 35th Street. And the doors are open. The community is uh, welcome to come in. We just ask that you give us a call at 312-624-8351 and let us know uh, that we should expect you. And please come over and join us. Now, Kuma, uh, tell us what the uh, subject is for tonight. Tonight's subject is what's wrong with Africa. And that topic actually came from a... Uh, video that, that Mr. Echema, uh, Charles Echemuna, uh brought in from Africa that talks about what is wrong with Africa. And it's like a catchphrase that actually tells us what is wrong with Nigeria, I think is what it is. What is wrong with Nigeria? And it's a catchphrase that basically say what is right with Nigeria. It opens up the door to being able to invest in Nigeria and all the opportunities that lie there. That's great. That's what we want to talk about this evening. We want to start. Uh, why don't you bring uh, Charles on, Kuma? Why don't you introduce your first guest to our audience? Okay. Um, I would like to introduce Mr. Charles Echemuna, who, uh, who is actually a Nigerian who has been in America most of his life. He's a great businessman. He's worked with various African organizations like United African Organization, uh, like his own community, the Igbo community. He took a group of investors into Africa recently, the Pinnacle Group. Uh, he's worked with accounts as large as $3 million actually doing trade and investments in Africa. So at that, I would like to introduce Mr. Charles Echemuna. So, Charles, welcome. Well, thank you very much. Welcome to, welcome to the show, Charles. How are you today? Oh, thank you. How you doing? I'm doing good. Um, Charles, tell us, first of all, uh, what is right with Africa? Well, actually, everything is right with Africa, uh, just like the uh, title stated. Um, Africa is the, uh, is the new and final frontier 
for investors for the uh, global world market. So, um, being said that, um, there's nothing really wrong with Africa. Africa is just uh, uh, a country, a continent that uh, is yearning for investors and plenty of opportunity. Uh, so, as you know, uh, there's, when there's a tremendous opportunity, there's a tremendous risk as well. Absolutely. Kuma, I'm going to turn the show over to you and your guests, and um, we'll go to a commercial in a little while. Kuma Brooks. Okay, Charles, thank you once again for being on the show with us and, and helping us to understand the what is right with Africa. Could you tell us um, some things about investing in Africa? Sure. Um, well, first, let me give you a little background on, 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 on Africa as, as, as a country, as a continent. Uh, Africa remains a continent with tremendous upside potential and as well as a downsized risk. So, um, uh, so as you can see, um, uh, as you mentioned earlier, um, countries like Senegal, Mali are very poor countries. Um, uh, because of their infrastructures and, and, and lack of education, uh, there's a tremendous demand and opportunity for countries like Senegal, uh, Mali, Ghana, and uh, Nigeria. So um, the, the United Nations developed a plan for the continent a couple of years back. Uh, basically what the plan uh, essentially was to use the uh, the commodity boom to continue to diversify the uh, the continent's uh, economic base from what is often really a commodity-based export e um, economy to more of a mature and integrated uh, global economy by using consumer classes. So um, as an emerging market, Africa has tremendous potentials, um, of course, there's many myths out there about um, why, uh, what is going on with Africa. You know, for example, the bear case will be war and violence. Um, you know, there's, of course, there's some tremendous uh, uh, uprising in different parts of Africa. Uh, political issues, uh, instabilities, and underdeveloped legal and financial systems. Um, and there's also the population growth and, and various demographic areas. Uh, and you mentioned uh, um, education, uh, tremendous de uh, demand for education uh, standards. And of course, healthcare. And then we have China. Uh, we would talk a little bit more about China as an investor and also as a, uh, as a group, uh, growing. Uh, world power. Um, basically, I'm not going to say growing, but they are uh, world power, global world power. So that could that could be a case for bear. Uh, bear means uh, you know uh, something uh, challenging. So uh, malnutrition and obesity, inadequate infrastructures, so poor distribution of income. So so those list of um, cases also means tremendous opportunities. Uh, for investors in Africa. Hello. Oh, Charles, I'm sorry. Charles. Yes. Could you, tell, if someone wanted to invest in Africa, what are some of 
Is that possible? Pardon me? If they wanted to invest in Africa, is that possible? And if so, how would they go about doing it? Sure. There's uh, several ways. and, and um, Well, first of all, um, uh, the debate on what is wrong with Africa and how to invest in Africa, you, 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 the first step is to really uh, examine uh, what area that you are really want to invest in. Um, I just mentioned all the negatives about investing in Africa, the war, the political issues, the health care, the malnutrition. Those are tremendous opportunities. Now, when we look at the positive side and the reasons to invest in Africa, and the one will be uh, underfollowed Africa markets, increased investment flows and debt relief, economic growth. So you see the economic growth. What that means is your return of investments could be 2 to 300 400%. Uh, you have population growth, uh, demor- demographics uh, population growth, which means um, you know more co- uh, consumers for whatever uh, for your products. You have uh, tremendous opportunities in, in ag- agriculture, land and water, and of course you have China also compl- uh, plays a major role because China is developing uh, tremendous uh, economic uh, base uh, in Africa, specifically in. Uh, and Congo, the uh, Democratic uh, Republics of uh, Congo, uh, of Congo, even in Senegal as well as uh, in Nigeria. And as you see, especially in Nigeria and Ghana, you see uh, an emerging consumer class. Um, you also see a circular commodity price boom. And um, so, uh, first, you have to um, pick out. Which area you would like to go in? You could, if you want to invest in, there's about two top ten uh, African investment opportunities that you could get into. One, of course, is oil, and two could be commodities. Uh, three could be agriculture, like I mentioned, land and water. Uh, four could be healthcare, and you could do also infrastructure. Uh, that's five. Six could be telecommunications. Seven is information technology, and eight, defense, nine, financial services, and ten, retail. So the first step is to identify the area you would like to uh, invest in. Um, Once you identify that area, however, if you don't know, if you're not very familiar which area that you would like to invest in, but you would like to invest in Africa, then you need to pick the country. Uh, You first, uh, I would suggest, for you to take a trip to uh, to Africa, uh, the company that um, I own is called Mars International Group. I work with the Chambers of Commerce and the and the government here to take investors uh, that are interested in investing in Africa to uh, various countries, uh, specifically Nigeria. Um, what I do is conduct a due diligence here. With the investor here, with the company that's interested in, wants to invest in Africa, then I will match them with the uh, uh, company, whether the uh, uh, private entity or NGO, non-government organization, or private investors in Africa. So I will conduct the due diligence and match them together, and they'll become partners. So. Um, my, I would say um, uh, 
Kumba is that the first step is is to take a trip to Africa and and see exactly the the terrain, the people, and the country. Okay, Charles, got a few questions here for you coming in. Uh, one of the one of them is how do we as Americans determine which investment is right for us? Very good question. Um, well, first, um, I think it's very important to find a, an, an organization or company um, uh, and to do a little bit more research. Uh, you have the Internet, you have the website, but also uh, is to understand that there, you, you could, basically in Africa you could do anything there and make money. Uh, I, I know, for example, in Ghana and in Nigeria, um, whatever you can bring in, um, you can make money. Uh, you, for example, cell phone. Uh, the, the person that has the phone, cell phone business in Nigeria, if you read the last uh, couple of months on the Wall Street Journal, is a billion-dollar business, cell phone. So just about everyone in, in Nigeria, because they don't have landline phone system, is buying cell phones. So uh, you could use the same idea and go to other countries in Africa where they don't have landline telecommunication and bring a telephone service or Internet service. Um, you know, so, uh, so the first thing you want to do is, is take a trip. Uh, to 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 that specific country. Uh, once you take a trip to, let's say, for example, to Nigeria, uh, spend a couple of days there. I have many. Um, I grew up here. I came here when I was five years old. So um, I have many uh, friends, uh, both white and black, uh, that travel to Nigeria just about two or three times a year, and they're doing uh, several uh, several businesses. I have a sheriff that went. Uh, that has a security business is a white guy from Georgia, a retired sheriff, opened up a security business in Nigeria. I have a, a, a friend of mine that I went to high school with. Uh, uh, he uh, he imports and exports several items, uh, clothes, especially jeans. Opened up a store in Nigeria, and he goes there by himself. He doesn't. He just uh, get a passport and a visa, and he goes. Uh, it's amazing when you get to some of these countries, specifically maybe Nigeria, Ghana. It's amazing that you will see so many different ethnic people there, uh, unlike what you see on TV. You will see Indians, you will see Chinese, you will see Black Americans, you will see white people. You see all kind of ethnic races there. So uh, yes, I, uh, before you make up your mind what you want to invest in. Uh, just take a you know take a trip there and uh, and see what is what you think you need what they need. Okay, so you're saying something like a discovery to go out and basically see what in Nigeria suits you. Now there's a caller that just came in that says that wants to ask this question. He wants to know in what is best suited uh, an individual to try and do business. Or, for instance, if he was to get a group of people to invest, and those that group goes in and invest in in uh, Nigeria or in Africa. 
That, that's an excellent, excellent, excellent question. Excellent question. Actually, um, um, that is the best way to invest in any in any country. You you would like to invest as as a as a corporation. One, it will minimize your your loss or your risk. So going in a, as a group will definitely minimize your your risk. But it would also maximize your potential, your risk, your your returns, because you're going in there as a group, so uh, you have different ideas and you you work as a team. And also, doing business in Nigeria or doing any type of international business or trades uh, requires capital, um, because of the economic situation here in U.S. and and global economic situation is very difficult to. Uh, you know, to find uh, loans that will give you uh, uh, international funding for any type of uh, global business. So uh, it's probably best. Let's say, for example, you want to do a franchise of Jifalub in Nigeria. Jifalub will probably finance you if you have $30,000. They will probably give you the rest. Uh, The funny thing about this, though, I wouldn't say the funny, but the positive uh, doing business in Africa is, the Africans, the Nigerians will give you the land. The Ghanaians will give you the land. So you basically just have to come up with the te- te- uh, technology, the uh, the management and the technology to to implement the uh, the project. So uh, so let's say, for example, Jifalu, but you have a group of uh, five or ten, and you all come with the money. You could go there and um, start building Jifalu franchise. Um, uh, there's a there's a person from here that developed his own uh, sort of McDonald's franchise, but he calls it Mr. Big. Mr. Big is is like a McDonald's restaurant, and um, and it's all over Nigeria. It's been there for almost 10, 15 years, and they have so many so many franchises all over the place, and and it's very clean. It's like a little fast food. It's a fast food restaurant where. You get chicken and and rice and meat pies and drinks and you sit, you know, it's, it's almost like Starbucks, but you know you have TVs and stuff and you can relax, but something like that you can develop, you know. Uh, so I agree, it's better to go in as uh, as uh, a group of investors, uh, but however, if you could do it as an individual and you have the capital. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that as well. Okay, if you go in as an individual and you have the capital, would that be all of the capital, or is there a way to be financed in Nigeria? I mean, who would finance? Would it be World Bank, or how would that work? Yes, um, it's very, um, it's very uh, to get to get to financing. Uh, of course, is um, it's kind of um, you have several banks out there. You have the World Bank, you have the OPIC, OPIC, OPIC Bank, and you have uh, Exxon Bank. Exxon Bank will finance 85% of uh, equipments. But the equipments cost, which means the equipments have have to be made here in U.S. And the uh, the investor has to come up with the other 15%. So. Um, Let's say, but however, how, how the system works is um, uh, Exxon Bank will guarantee the, uh, will guarantee, well, your bank will guarantee the loan. So 
basically, let's say if you have uh, um, a, a project you want to do in Nigeria, and uh, you will establish a, a very good relationship with a financial institution uh, here that is uh, global and that has presence in Nigeria. Uh, you may have to open an account there in Nigeria as well. Perhaps maybe Citibank. Citibank is global. Now Citibank will will guarantee your 85 percent. Uh, so you have to have a good relationship with Citibank. Citibank will say yes. This project is very uh, is a very good uh, project. Uh, you have a very good relationship with Citibank. Uh, XM Bank will contact Citibank, and uh, on your behalf. Um, then Citibank will say, yes, we will guarantee the 85%. Um, my client, the investor, has 15% with us. So uh, Citibank will say, yes, he has 15%. So then Exxon Bank will provide the 85%. So essentially, um, X, uh, Citibank is the one who is borrowing the money on your behalf because they're the one guaranteeing the project. Okay. But but the, the 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 materials, the equipments have to be made in U.S. Okay. Because that's what Exxon Bank stands for: import, export, import bank. Okay. Hmm. So all the materials would have to be made in the U.S. Can you give me some examples of what kind of materials? You know, uh, would that be like? Uh, Okay, for example, I'm doing, um, uh, I'm, actually, I'm doing two projects right now. I have two clients in, in, that are interested in doing water bottling company, okay? So the water bottling company, I have a company here that I have, I have signed an agreement with, uh, Norland Company, that builds water bottling company uh, that makes water, water bottles as well as beverages. So I have investors in Nigeria that's interested in building, in, in actuality, the Norland company has built 12 factories already in Nigeria. Uh, they do do a promotion, a convention. Back in April, they did a promotion in Abuja, in Nigeria, for about a whole week. So uh, what they do is the investor will say, okay, so Norland company, all the machines that they use to produce the water bottling company, uh, water bottling plant, all the, the machines are made here in U.S. So that would be an example. So the machines, the equipment to use to produce the uh, the, the plastic bottles, uh, to uh, to bore holes in the ground to, uh, for the water, to test the uh, water, uh, to examine the water, uh, to prepare the bottles and the juices, it's all it's all made here in U.S. Okay. Well, that sounds real good. Um, another query is for the small investor. What if I'm a small investor and I have I don't have a whole lot, but I really, really, really want to do something. I want to, you know, America's economy is really bad, so I'm looking at Africa as being an opportunity since it seems as if the whole world has found opportunity over there. But my capital is low, and I'm not actually interested in going with a group of investors. So what's in it for little people? Is there something that the smaller person can invest in? Yes, of course. Um, um, like I mentioned earlier, uh, my friend that I went to high school with, uh, what he does is um, jeans, you know, uh, clothes. Uh, you could trade clothes. Uh, you could 
pack. I mean, you could <laughs> you could get donation from so many people here, get goodwill. Basically, you could have a a whole container full of clothes, and uh, and and start selling. Open up your own little boutique out there, and, and sell clothes uh, until you you're able to make the capital. Or you could be a distributor. Okay, it doesn't cost much money to be a dis- distributor. You could be the middleman, a supplier, to uh, to any um, cons- uh, consumer companies, uh, uh, maybe like a restaurant. So you could supply a food distributor. So um, that's another way. Uh, those type of um, businesses really doesn't require heavy capital. Hey, there's another business that I saw while I was looking at the the video with Andrew Young. What is wrong with Nigeria? I saw a lot of farmers, farmers that were that actually had migrated up from Uganda and were now farming in Nigeria. So, in regard respect to that, if somebody was actually into agriculture, how great is the opportunity in Nigeria for agriculture? You know what? I have done so many presentations for various countries here, various countries in Africa. They have economic summits. And the key right now, the number one key, the number one demand for the Nigerian, the Africans, the Ghanaians, Senegal's government officials is agriculture because um, there's a food shortage, but the African countries have tremendous land. So what happened was, for the last 10, 15 years, Africa has moved away from agriculture into more of a consumer-based population. And they realize now that, for example, rice, uh, Africa, the main main food for Africans is rice. And And the imports... They import rice, so uh, from China, from India, you know, from Asia. So um, they're looking for someone that has an agricultural uh, expertise and equipment uh, to help them um, to help them grow food as well as uh, uh, you know keep their food from. Really, they have not developed uh, a way, a system of keeping their food from boiling. Uh, okay. So, agriculture would be if someone wants to do agriculture, um, that's a tremendous opportunity there. Okay, so that also gives them the the inner city uh, option of possibly opening up a grocery store or something. Yes. Uh, Yes, it's um for example, I had a Nigerian woman here that she was a nurse and she went back home and opened a grocery store. Um actually she has she opened up one that was a couple of years ago about 2 years ago now she has three grocery stores. So there's a tremendous opportunity for food processing. So you know, if someone is interested in food processing, that is I mean, they'll become an instant millionaire uh, in any parts of Africa. You know, uh, uh, you know, like soy milk and soy products produce uh, production facilities. You know, vegetable, veg- uh, vegetable oil crushing plant. 
you know, anything that is food processing, uh, grain storage and cereal manufacturing, uh, uh, flour mill, canning lines, you know. And another area they could really do very well, too, is uh, construction. You know, asphalt, batch, plant, sawmill, and drying, uh, you know, building materials for housing production, you know. Uh, for example, in Abuja and, and other parts of uh, uh, Kano State, uh, there's a project right now to build like 400-something thousand homes. In Abuja, while you build a home, it's sold before even before you even finish building it. And, and, and basically, these people, they buy houses with cash, you know. They have the money to buy homes with cash. So construction like asphalt, batch plants, sawmill, housing materials, housing development, furniture production facilities, those are tremendous, tremendous opportunities there. Um, so, you know, personal goods like housewares, foam mattresses, production plant, textile manufacturing, clothing, shoes, like I have mentioned, those are tremendous, uh, you know, of course, you'll be competing with Chinese in some of those personal goods. Okay. At that, what we're going to do now is I'm going to ask Sonia, can we take a break? And when we come back, Charles, we can talk about uh, how other nations uh, have been coming into Africa and how that competition looks and how we need to assess the market when we come in. So thank you very much, and we'll be back after the break. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Brooks. You're listening to Black Wall Street USA, and our host this evening is board member for Chicago Black, I mean, for Black Wall Street USA, and uh, that's Ms. Kuma Brooks. And our subject tonight is international trade and what is right about Africa. And we're uh, talking with our guest this evening about uh, a lot of different investment areas. He's He's gone into a lot of different investment areas. Uh, a lot of different options. Now, he's just touching on the uh, tip of the iceberg, and when we come back, Ms. Brooks, maybe we can find out how we can get in contact with him and uh, how we can get more information. Um, I was just up in Facebook and chatting with the sax preacher. You just heard the sax preacher, Mr. Magic, when we went to the first break. And uh, for those listeners who don't know who the sax preacher is, Minister Rahim, uh, he owns the Everything Black store in Chicago on East 79th Street. And Everything Black is manufactured by an African-American. It's all the products that they sell in this store. Uh, for example, the detergent. And I was on Facebook and I sent the sex preacher an email uh, because I thought that this was something very, very important to him. And we hope that we can we can put you in contact with him, Charles. Uh, because everything black heat is already connected to people who are manufacturing different products, and that would be an expansion for him to ship those products to Africa. He's maintaining a store, and uh, he has some – he's not doing it online so much, but he does have a distribution system, whereas you can sign up for um, – to get your detergent monthly, that type of thing. He's working on those type of projects. But uh, with a little expansion, he's already made the investment. He already has the connection. With a little expansion, the Everything Black store would seem like an ideal 
connection uh, exporting from the USA to uh, Nigeria. That seems like an excellent, excellent idea. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more uh, with Charles. And uh, one of my questions to Charles Kuma, maybe you can ask him, they're becoming consumers like us and not producers, and where we're going to go with that. I know he talked about the agriculture. want to talk about that a little bit more. You listen to Black Wall Street USA. Our call-in number is 347-326-9477. Our chat room is open. Please leave your uh, website links and information in the chat room. If you'd like to speak to our guest or our host, please press the number one, and we'll be happy to bring you on the air. You're listening to Black Wall Street USA with our host, Ms. Kuma Brooks, and we'll be right back after this. Thank you so much for being with us. A successful special event can be very challenging and stressful at times. Our staff of professionals organizes your event down to every last detail, no matter what size your special event may be. Our creativity and attention to detail turns your ordinary party into an extraordinary event. At Andy Clyde's, world-class service for our clients is standard. We can provide travel arrangements, accommodations, event sites, caterers, florists, photographers, transportation, hairstylists, and makeup artists, favors, daily plans for guests, and pre-event information such as detailed maps, save-the-date cards, and invitations. Being a custom event planner means that we cater to you. We are not locked in by guidelines passed down by corporate. It is our job to find the best possible way to present your event. We have been referred to as dream weavers because we listen to what you want and get it done. Our specialties are the vacation packages. Visit our website at www. Andyclides.net to see examples of what sets our services above others. And remember, at Andy Clides, we are your.
You're listening to Black Wall Street USA, and I'm Sonia Perdue. Our host this evening is Ms. Kuma Brooks, board member of Black Wall Street Chicago. Mr. Ron Carter is not with us this evening. He's at the screening of the movie Before They Died over at the Ice Theater. He should be back with us next week. Now, I uh, want to tell you a little bit about Chicago's Black Business Network.com. You, right now we have about 650 members, and Ms. Brooks is a member. And 80 of, 80% of our uh, members are Chicago-based businesses. You can visit us at www.chicagosblackbusinessnetwork.com. Join us today and touch the world. We have a, a lot of great things going over there, a lot of great programs going over on over there. Uh, our major goal is to assist you in promoting your products, and we've set up uh, a product resale system. When you become a premium member, we give you a gift of one of the members' products so that our members keep their their uh, products and their money flowing through our network. You were listening listening to Tenderly, performed by Boise Queen, who is also a CBBM member. And uh, we're hoping that Boise will come on, because I'm a fan of Boise Queens. We hoping, we're hoping that, to have him play on, on a Saturday the 21st at the summit as the guests are walking in. He can he can tear up a piano. Cool. I don't think you've heard Boise before. You should go over to his page, Boise Queen, and listen to some of his music, and that was tenderly. And we want to thank him for giving us permission to play uh, his, his, his original compositions. All of these are original compositions, and that's a short one because he has these really long, I don't know if you call them sonnets, piano pieces that he plays, but it can really set, they really set a great move. There's some beautiful pieces on his page. So please come over uh, to Chicago's Black Business Network and listen to some of his music. And not only that, invite him out to play to your next special event. Now, once again, you may listen to our rebroadcast of this show and all of our shows coming up in the future on www.wjpcchicago.com. Our show airs on Saturday mornings between 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. I want to remind you, in the upcoming weeks, all eyes will be on Chicago as Black Wall Street Chicago prepares to host the first Black Wall Street National Convention and summit scheduled for August 20th through 23rd. If you need tickets, give us a call, 312-239-8835. If you need tickets, give us a call. Friday night, we'll be hosting our welcome reception. Saturday is the summit. Saturday evening is the awards reception at the quarry on 79th Street. Sunday morning is the national prayer breakfast. Our national president, Mr. Michael Carter, will be leading us in prayer. You can visit blackwallstreetdistrict.com for more information this is an historical event. We want you to come out and be part of history. Now, I uh, want to tell you one more thing. Here we go. Here we go again. Chicago's Black Business Network has been asked to distribute the goodie bags for this event. We will be giving out around 500 goodie bags that weekend. We call them marketing distribution packages because that's what it is. It's an opportunity for you to market your business. You can put your business cards, your discount coupons, your event announcements, uh, your flyers, your brochures in this package, and we're going to hand that out to 
approximately 500 people that weekend because we're going to hand out about 100 at the prayer breakfast to the first 100 people. Now, I always ask the question, when was the last time you gave away 500 brochures in one day? When was the last time you gave away 500 cards and somebody walked out the door with it in one day? So we're going to do that that weekend. You can call. You can come and join Chicago's Black Business Network dot com. All the information is there, or you can give me a call three one two two three nine. If you would like to be in this marketing package, and you should do that in the next week. Our caller number is three four seven three two six nine four seven seven. Our caller number is three four seven three two six nine four seven seven. We're gonna bring Kuma Brooks back and we're gonna bring Charles back and Kuma I do believe your next guest is on the line. Welcome back to the show. Hi, how are you? Hello? I'm doing great. How are you? Welcome back, Charles. Hey. Yes, hello. Yes. So it's is Valerie online too? Let's check and see. Valerie, are you here with us tonight? Yes, I am. I'm on the line. Okay. So, um, Charles, before we go back to you, I want to introduce Valerie. Valerie is a young lady who who was born in Chicago. She's a native Chicagoan. She's lived around the world, including in Abuja, Nigeria. She has had the unique experience of being able to do trade from the opposite end and actually live and work within Nigeria, basically dispelling the myth of the danger and the problems. And she has told me that she sees Nigeria as a new frontier for all the problems that we're suffering here in America with the African-American community being approximately 65% unemployed, that Africa is indeed one of the locations that you can find employment and success. Valerie, at that, um, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and some of the things that you've done? Yes. Uh, again, my name is Valerie Kruzak, and um, I have a company called Melody Management where I do international business development. I lived in Abuja for about a year where I worked with um, a company called Southgate Management uh, where they develop new projects, uh, resorts, and shopping centers, malls, things like that. And I also worked uh, for the Nigerian Daily Times, where we developed the Miss Nigeria pageant and foundation. And um, like you were saying, there are a lot of opportunities there for African Americans, and I think you forget um, that we do have ties to both countries and options where we could go and actually make money and, and spend our time and, and put in work in another place that would be profitable for us. Okay, Valerie, do you, a lot of uh, Americans, especially African Americans, they don't feel that they will be welcome to get to Nigeria. Could you little give them a little bit of experience and your, how you felt once you got there and your experience living there? Okay. Well, you know, it's strange. I think maybe African Americans think that they won't be welcome there because sometimes we're not as welcoming here. Um, as soon as I got off the plane and I walked through the border, the first thing they said to me was, welcome home. So they looked at us like we're part of their family, and actually in Nigeria, they're waiting for us to come back. And so, I mean, people will come up to you on the street when they find out you're American, African-American, and they'll greet you and invite you to their homes for dinner. I mean, they're very hospitable. And I just think that maybe because we don't really 
connect with them here. We don't know what it's like. So we think that maybe it'll be the same way when we get there, but it's definitely not. Great. That's great. So you can could you um could you give us a little information about some of the projects that you are doing uh in Nigeria as it relates to across the ocean between America and Nigeria, because you're back in the USA now, is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yes, I okay. am for a little while, hopefully. Um, I mean, there are a lot of things that can be done over there, and right now I am in America working with people who are interested in going back to Africa and Nigeria to, to pursue um, gainful employment. There's a listing that comes out in, in Nigeria every third, third Friday, I think it is, of the month where they list um, jobs that, that they have employment for and, and positions that they're looking for, and they're always looking for African-Americans to come back because they feel like we have knowledge that we've gained over here that we should be able to come and share with them. And, and basically, if and when um, African-Americans get to a point where they want us to um, travel there or even look into work experiences, all they have to do is just basically go to any embassy and talk with people like Charles um, and I'm sure you all spoke about it earlier, but um, there are lots, a lot of listings that show you where people can go to find employment there. And it's really not hard at all. Okay. Thank you so much, Valerie. Um, the other thing I wanted to uh, make sure that I mentioned is Black is having its first national summit here in Chicago at 700 East Oakwood Boulevard. That is the Jacob Carruthers Center of Inner City Studies. For that entire day from 8 o'clock, 30, I believe, until 4.30 p.m., we will be actively involved in summit business. Workshops will begin at 12 o'clock, and they will end at 2 o'clock. The people that you hear now on uh, Black Radio will actually be part of the panel. So we look forward to seeing all listeners and all of those that you can invite to come so you can learn more and more about trade in Africa. So at this time, I want to bring Charles back in. Charles, how are you? Oh, how are you doing, Kuma? Okay. Okay, so I wanted to um, address two things I said when we went to break that I wanted to talk about um China, but before we get to China, I wanted to also ask, uh, according to the, I actually found some information, and it said according to the United Nations Human Development, and this is just to address some things that uh, Sonia had asked at the beginning of the show, that within Africa is 25 of the poorest countries, and that doesn't actually mean the resources. I want to give a definition. doesn't mean the resources because Africa is the richest continent in the world. But unfortunately, it hosts 25 of the poorest countries, according to the United Nations study. So, so that gives us an opportunity to do what both Charles and Valerie have said. It gives us an opportunity as African Americans to bring some of all the knowledge that we've learned and come in and help our brothers and sisters. It gives us uh, the opportunity, as Charles has said, to come over and invest in Africa and find opportunity at home because we are African Americans. So with that, Charles, I'd like for you to to give us a little bit of a conversation about um, the various other nations that are going into Africa, investing and doing work, and to sort of, you know, help us understand why is America not doing anymore? 
Why are right. black Americans not getting there? Sure. And what are you saying? Okay. Well, uh, first of all, um, hey, Violet, how you doing? She's still on, online, or she, did she hang up? Valerie, are you there? Okay, she might have. Okay. Yes, um, thank you. Uh, basically, um, uh, Valerie was one, was part of the delegation that went to um, Nigeria with me, uh, with the company that I took as well. I took a company here called Pinnacle Investment Group here in Chicago, Illinois. And... Um, Valerie, uh, it was about uh, 14 delegates of uh, part of a delegation, and Valerie was just one of those uh, people that uh, they found her very, very, um, uh, uh, you know, person that that is global and open-minded, and she was able to uh, to get a position there, and she worked there for about a year. And she's just here just uh momentarily to for other projects that she's doing with she's doing with the uh, company that she uh she was working with in Nigeria. So yes, um but you know what, uh Brenda, there are many um many blacks that are doing businesses in Africa, uh even um the gentleman from Area Capital, uh the guy that owns B E T or used to own B E T, Bob Johnson. Uh, and several other people. I have a friend of mine, uh, uh, his, fa- uh, his father from Florida, uh, just opened up, did an IPO. Uh, he had him and his partners uh, were building so many houses in, in South Africa that the business became so big that they, they, had, they, they had an IPO. So uh, opened the business to the, to the public. Um, as you know, uh, Africa, like you said, is a very poor country, but it's also is one of the richest uh, uh, continents in, in the world. Uh, China and India uh, together account for about 10% of Africa's exports and imports. China in particular is uh, becoming uh, a key destination for African exports. Okay. Um, um, China uh, invested over $12 billion in the last three years and promises to uh, another $20 billion over the next five years. Um, China Chinese invest, investment in Africa stood at, at about $11.7 billion at the end of, of 2006, uh, with the bulk of that funds going to oil producers like Angola, Nigeria, and uh, Sudan. You know Zambia also as well, uh, which is a copper-producing country. Um, China has also set up like a five billion dollars investment fund for the continent and plans to provide uh, additional three billion dollars in loans over the next three years. So you may ask, why is China, uh, China doing so much investment in Africa? Because um, there's tremendous opportunities there. There are more opportunities in Africa, as we just as we we stated. Africa is is the uh, final frontier. Um, however, there are other con- uh, there's other companies here in the United States that are also involved in investments in Africa. Um, Europe, so you got Air France, Exxon, Shell, uh, De Beers, uh, uh, John Deere. And you also have Delta. Delta just 
Delta right now, remember Delta almost filed bankruptcy a couple of years back. Now Delta, you look at Delta's uh, financial report, they can brag as one of the top leading airlines in U.S. Why? Because they fly to Nigeria. Now, a lot of the airlines now, like uh, United Airlines, now wants to fly to Nigeria. So why is it that if you fly Delta, the plane is always full every day? Okay. Um, I have one of my uh, partners here, one of the companies that I work with that also goes to Nigeria is APT, American Plastic Technology. Um, I asked him one day, he does... He goes to Washington, Philadelphia, all over, uh, whatever they have a convention for African investment. He goes to all of them. And uh, I asked him, his company is right over, right by O'Hare Airport. They, uh, we were having a full discussion. And I asked him, why is it that many of the American companies are not interested or black Americans are not interested in, in, in investing in Africa? He said, well, it's the media. The media does not want you to know the gold, the gold mine in Nigeria. If you know there's something there, if you if you find a gold mine, would you want everybody to know you have a gold mine? No. You want to keep it secret. You want to continue to go there and take it. So that's what the media, that's what the mainstream is doing to the African Americans. We are believing the hype. We believe in don't go to Africa. Valerie just told you, when you go to Africa, they want you there. They will welcome you with an open arm. It's not just Valerie. I could get you 10, 20 more testimonies. I could call my friend, Chris Carroll, right now and let him tell you how he feels. He goes to Africa two or three times a year. He used to go to Jamaica and Bahamas. He doesn't go there anymore. He goes to Africa. Okay. Africa is a beautiful country, beautiful people, beautiful ladies, beautiful men, with all kind of color skins. So it was surprising when the the, the company, uh, APT, the gentleman, the president, told me, so yes, for 30 years, they don't go anywhere. They invest in Nigeria. That's where they go, Nigeria. Okay. They, made their, they make their money in Africa. All you have to do is visit their uh, their company by O'Hare Airport and how huge it is. They do all kind of stuff. Every yeah, well, go ahead. I I can I can actually testify to that because I know when I was in Rwanda after the genocide, one of the things that I noticed, even though there were all kinds of alerts, you know, um, from the Center of Disease Control and from the the government and the consulates and the ambassadors and the United States of not going there, as I was leaving, I noticed that the infrastructure was building. The Belgians were there and the French were there building houses, building all kinds of things while the rest of the world was locked out. Now Rwanda is a new nation. So, yes, you're absolutely correct. Nobody lets you know where the gold mine is. <laughs> exactly. So, Yes, so we have we have so many the the black Americans need to realize, like Fowler said, you have a dual citizenship. Okay, you have a dual citizenship. 
You can belong here as well as in Africa. No one will chase you away. First of all, you don't even have to worry about picking up another language because the official language in Africa, in most African countries, or I would just speak on Nigeria, is English. So you're not going to be lost. Everyone speaks English. So you are able to dialogue, communicate. Okay, Charles, we've got a caller on the phone. Uh, so uh, we're going to take that call now. Sure. Welcome to Black Wall Street USA out of Oakland. You're on the line. Who's on the line from Oakland? And they're totally quiet, and that's okay. I see them on Hello. the line. Hello? Oh, there you are. Who's on the line from Oakland? You woke? Are you woke? Yes, so my apologies. I put it on uh, mute so that I can hear the program. I'm out in the field right now. My name is Tim Cotton. I am the merchant representative for Black Wall Street Oakland. Great. Welcome to the show, Mr. Cotton. Uh, you're, on the, you're on the air with Ms. Kuma Brooks, who is a board member of Black Wall Street Chicago, and her guest. Uh, and the uh, topic tonight, and a, and a very interesting topic, it was what's wrong with Africa, but we're talking about what's right with Africa and what's right, what's right with investing in Africa. And I do know that Michael Carter visited Ghana, and Ghana wanted to be a Black Wall Street district, if I'm not mistaken. So, Mr. Cotton, give us your spin on international trade and what is right with Africa. Um, well, you know, international trade right now is um, very important to the black community if they can get back out there to learn their roots, to learn uh, where you're from, the value that you carry. And like the gentleman just said, um, we are misled within the media, and not only through the media, but just through every aspect, we were too big lied to for years, you know, how Africans do not like black Americans because they don't consider them Africans. And um, we feed into that. We feed into that frenzy, and we end up losing out on our own natural resources, which is back home in Africa. That That is very well said. That, that is that is the truth. And, and, um, and, and it's very important that we black Americans really begin to understand that. Uh, CNN, you just did a, a documentary, and and um, uh, like I said, you, you saw Bob Johnson, he's doing some investments. Uh, John Lewis uh, from Area Capital is in Africa. Uh, you got Michael Jackson's uh, brother um, in uh, building a hotel or resort in Nigeria. So, um, but the media keeps that. Keep, Keep those information away from us, and uh, once we once we start taking taking our, our vacations to Africa, realizing that you know it, it's almost like the Joseph story. Um, you need to come back. You need to come back to your to your country, to your brothers and sisters, and show them what you have learned. Yeah, uh, maybe during the slavery, um, uh, you, you were taken, but that doesn't mean that uh, Africa is not your home. You could have dual citizenship. I have dual citizenship. I'm a dual citizen. I'm a citizen of the U.S. I'm also citizens of Africa. Uh, the economy is very bad here, but that doesn't mean that you cannot stretch your imagination. Money is money, basically, wherever you make it. You can make money in Africa and bring it here. That's what the Chinese are doing. Chinese are making money all over the world and bringing it to their own country. 
you look at U.S. here, you know, all these foreign, you got Walmart, you know, all these uh, companies that are here, they're all foreign foreign investors. You know, they they make their money here and they take it back to their own country. So you can make your money in Africa and bring it here and and, 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 and improve your status uh, here in the United States. And if you if you choose to live in Africa, nobody will chase you away. Because your skin, our skins are the same. Nobody's gonna come and ask you you're white because you're already black. So we're all the same. So uh, there's tremendous opportunities. Like you got the agriculture. Like one gentleman had asked. Yes, if you don't have the capital, there's so many ways you can invest in, in, in Africa. You have equity part, equity partnership. Uh, uh, you, you know, partner with someone else. You know, start with one little project. And uh, you know maybe a franchise of something. I don't care what it is. You could any franchise in Africa will 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 you will have a great return of investment. Uh, you start with one. You could build houses. Build one house, sell it. You get the profit and you build another house. Before you know it, you have a big construction company. There's one big construction company right now in Nigeria. It's called Julius Beggars. And that Jewish Beggars is a German company. They've been in Nigeria for 30 years. They are a billion-dollar company. Okay, there's no other competitors there. So um, the reason why Africans are looking for foreign investors uh, right now, they're trying to shy away from China because of the Chinese human rights issues, the inferior products. They are uh, inferior to uh, uh, engineering, so they're looking for U.S. investors, particularly Black Americans, to come in to help them. You know, be their big brothers and sisters to help them grow. Okay. So um, right now, we want, I want to thank you so much, Charles. We're not done. I just wanted to uh, give out our contact information. My name is Kumba Brooks. You can find me at Fight for Life, that's F-I-G-H-T, for life, L-I-F-E, worldcare.org. My email is kumba at fightforlifeworldcare.org. Um, and my phone number is 773-912-4854. And Charles, if you would just give your, inform- your contact information. Okay. Uh, my name is Charles Echimuna. Uh Last name is spelled E-C-H-E-M-U-N-A. Uh, you can contact me on my cell phone, which is 708-743-2074. Again, that number is 708-743-2074. My personal email address is uh, C as in Charles, E as in Edwards, C as in Charles, H as in House, E as in Edwards, M as in Michael, U as in United States, N as in Nancy, A as in Apple, at yahoo.com. So C-H-U-M-U-N-A at yahoo.com. You could also reach me through through, uh, through Kumba. And through the Black Wall Street Journal, or uh, Black Wall Street. Okay. Thank you so much, and uh, I guess we can get back on on track with our 
our questions. One of the questions that uh, queries that, that we have out here is how do you get started investing? Uh, do you have to open up a bank account in Nigeria, or exactly what's the steps? Uh, actually, that's a very good step. Uh, because of the foreign investment, foreign trade, there's so many foreign uh, laws. Um, first, in, first, first, what I like to really suggest, I just don't want you, just like Valerie did, the, the color that was in here, uh, first thing you want to do is take a trip. Um, take a trip to one of the countries you'd like to invest in, either Ghana or uh, Nigeria or Senegal or Sierra Leone. Take a trip to one of those countries or South Africa. You know, get yourself acclimated with the cultures, okay? Um, let's, for example, let's just take Nigeria, for example. You want to visit Nigeria. Um, we we take Valerie and I, and my, you know, with the African Chambers of Commerce, or Nigerian Chambers of Commerce, we always take uh, uh, investors, you know, mix business pleasure with business. Uh, twice a year, we take a group to Nigeria for a convention. Now, while you're there, you're going to meet several investors. You see the city. You will see the area. You see the the the, the tourism. And then when you come back, um, then you can decide what you want to do. Um, but I guarantee you, you want to go back every year. You probably want to live there like uh, Valerie decided to do. So, um, however, uh, the the steps investing in that, uh, of course, you have to, um, if you want to start a business, you, you basically have to open up a, a business application there. And and there's a step-by-step -step process how you could do it. Uh, actually, they have a one-stop uh, uh, business center that will take care of, of all your business uh, needs. Um, you pick up your application uh, form. You could do that online uh, from the administration of the free zone where you wish to locate. Okay, um, you know any part. The state of Nigeria has several states in Nigeria. So you decide which area of free trade zone you would like to. And, uh, for example, Tanapa, which is Calabar, where we went, is a very, very uh, uh, nice area. Or if you want to do it in Lagos or Abuja. So you can pick up the application online or and then fill out the application and submit it to the zone administration or the NEPZA office in Abuja along with the required feasibility study. Uh, then your application will be reviewed and other approved or or returned with observation within five working days. Um, the application. Could you give that information out again, just in case somebody couldn't write as fast as you spoke? The uh, the information on the application. Well, yeah, you pick up the application. You can pick up the application online from uh, the administration free zone where you wish to locate, which. The, the is a Nigerian Export Processing Zones Authority, which is NEPZA. Um, if you email me, I can give you all that uh, to the website and everything. So um, the cost for that, I believe, is is uh, three. I think it's three hundred dollars or three hundred eighty dollars, something like that. Okay, uh, it's just like opening up a business application. Okay. Um, 
the, the application goes into Abuja. Abuja is the capital of uh, of Nigeria. If your application is approved, uh, then you get an operating license, which can be obtained from the Free Zone Administration where you wish to work, where you you wish your business to be at. Um, once you uh, get your operating license, uh, which is basically the operating license and all that is just incorporation. Uh, uh, once you get the operating license, it doesn't require any additional paperwork. Uh, so then they will discuss your location on site with you and sign and reserve a space for you. So you up, you basically get a um, an office space. I think you get an office space for free for a year. Okay. Uh, so there's no fees or anything involved for a year. Like for example, uh, in Tinapa, they have like a strip mall, very nice uh, resort area. Um, if you want to um, sell something, they lease you the uh, the store for free for one year. Okay. And then you can remit your investment capital through banks located in the zone, which will in turn issue a certificate of capital incorporation. I mean, capital of uh, importation. So uh, there's there's uh, intercontinental bank that have presence here in Nigeria as well. Um, so banks like Citibank, they do have Citibank in Nigeria. So you, so if you can open up account. Uh, city banks, so you have access access to money to fund from here or in Nigeria as well. Okay, I got a I got a bombshell question for you, and I know a lot of listeners out there are wondering wondering if this is actually something that is doable. A lot of countries have uh, offered African not a lot two countries specifically have offered African Americans the opportunity to have dual citizenship. And one was Ghana, the other was Senegal. I think the big problem that we've have been having as African Americans is America hasn't given us the opportunity, but the African nations have. Is Nigeria offering dual citizenship to African Americans? Yes, yes, yes. Um, first of all, Nigeria is by far the largest consumer market in Africa, okay, with approximately... 150 million people. So anybody can take advantage of this market. So they do have or do citizenship. Uh, they do offer citizenship. Uh, go ahead. Any other questions? Uh, I think what I want to say right now, once again, is uh, this is Kumba Brooks and this is Mr. Charles Echimuna. Uh, Charles Etemuna will be one of uh, three panelists that will be at the Black Wall Street National Summit at 700 East Oakwood Boulevard. He will be joined with an economist from Guinea as well as a, a trade specialist from Cameroon. So I uh, just want to put that back out there. We look forward to seeing all of you on the 21st of August at 700 East Oakwood Boulevard. The doors will be open from 8 o'clock until 4.30. So, um, Charles, I we've got a few more minutes, but I just wanted to say once again, thank you so much for participating. I think you've been great, and I'm not sure if you, uh, if anybody else out there has any more questions. If they do, uh, feel free to let us know because I can see you online, but I'm not getting any additional questions. Um, 
because there's going to be even more. Mr. Echimuna is an expert. He's been in the banking business for over 15 years, and as he's told you, he's been doing work back and forth uh, in and out of Africa with the wonderfulness of dual citizenship, being able to do Africa from the coast of Africa as well as from the United States of America, working with both the African-American as well as the African nationalists. So he has indeed been that dash between the Atlantic Ocean. So um, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I think Ms. Uh, Purdue has a few questions she'd like to ask you now. Okay. So, so I just want to say it's, a, it's been a pleasure uh, to listen to you. I always, um, when you start talking about Africa, because I have not visited Africa, I always have this strange look on my face. I, I don't know what you're talking about and everything under <laughs> everything you said. I understand everything you say, but I'm, I, as I tell you, I'm always listening. And we do have we do have a lot of callers out there listening right now. They're just not raising their hand, pressing that number one to ask questions, because it is uh, new territory for us. We uh, may look like Africans, like all Africans, all all over the continent, but we are still very very uh, disconnected and unfamiliar. And I want to thank Charles for being here this evening as well and sharing all this information. And it is a lot of information. We've got we've got a plan, a class. Let me do this, Charles and Puma. I want you to stay on the line. Mr. Cardin, are you still there? He's I on mute. I know you're on mute over there listening and working. But I want to tell you, give us an update from Oakland. What's going on in Black Wall Street, Oakland, Charles? Uh, Mr. Cardin? Right now we're getting all the black merchants together and, you know, getting them together and, uh, we're really pushing for them to come out here to the, to the national conference next month and get them registered and get them out there so that they can network and see how other black businesses around this country are faring with uh, the economy the way that it is. Um, today I've been out all day up and down Black Wall Street, which I really thank Brother Mike because he's giving me the exercise that I need because I am okay. on, my, on, on my feet and I'm walking like, but we're, you know, really just trying to encourage them to come out um Educating each, you know, educating each other as well as educating them about Black Wall Street and the benefits of it. But yeah, it's um, it's working really good out here. We're trying to get them uh, together. I know that I'm, I'm amped up and real, real, real ready to come to the uh, conference. Yeah, so you know, we just are encouraging them to come out, um, encouraging them just to be uh, working together. You know, there's no reason why. We have to go get supplies from outside of the district or outside of uh, any other business when we could do it right there with each other. So just right now we're really working on it. Um, I've been I've been able to out here networking and meeting people that really can help me with the business that I'm starting, which is a transitional home for young kids. Um, I was listening to the program and just thinking to myself of how that law connection with Africa is really left is not in void out here. You know, we, we have no, well, really, if you don't know where you're from, you'll never know where you're going. You know, and Absolutely. We, we don't embrace that part of our race. Like I said earlier in the program, we've always been told that we're not liked by them. You know, we're not loved by them. They, they wouldn't have open arms to us if we was to go there. So I, I love the fact that you got on here and really cleared the, the airways, you know, about that because, we really do need that. We really do need to send somebody back home. We really, everybody should make a pilgrimage back and find out. I know that um, my younger brother was talking about dual citizenship, buying land in Ghana and going back there and helping, you know, helping rebuild. So it is something that's very important, you know, and 
I know the day that I get the chance to go, I'm really looking forward to it because I want to bring back my history from Africa and share it with my people. You know, um, it's amazing how in order to get a kente cloth, you have to go to a shop that's not owned by an African in some places. Well, you know, Mr. Um, Cotton, you're going you're gonna to get that opportunity because we are. That's that's one of the reasons why we're here, aren't we, Charles? We are going to plan an expedition yes, to Africa. Yes, we're doing exactly. And um, you know, it, it's not something that is uh, uh, impossible. It's very. Um, you'd be surprised that many, 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 many Americans, many Black Americans, do go to Africa as we speak. Every uh, sometimes it, it it amazes me. You know. It's just that uh, you just have to be have an open mind, and um, and, and and just like one lady said, uh, uh, the lady Valerie, once you once you get off the plane, and and, and 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 step on the ground, and just like President Obama said, and so did Oprah Winfrey said, once you step on the ground of Africa, there's a spirit, there's a spirit that comes just 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 takes over you. You, you feel totally different, and, and I felt it every time I go home, and I said, and, I, and once I get off that plane and I get on the ground, I just, you just, just a spirit. You just feel totally different. So, um, I mean, and I can, I can attest to that as an African American. I think me and Valerie were saying at our last meeting that it's almost like sci-fi. When you get out, you know you don't know that you're missing something as an African American over in this foreign land where they don't want us here. But when you arrive in Africa and you get off the plane, it's not as dramatic as TV. The TV says it, but depending on how emotional you are, when your foot touches that soil, there's something that seemingly goes through your foot like a hookworm or something, and it just goes all the way through your body like lightning, and all of a sudden sudden, you just feel like something else has completed you. And I think I told Charles that when I was there, that one of the things that I make sure that I do, and I've been all over Africa, east, west, north, is that I always make sure if I'm near a body of water that I'm there thanking God and praying to God and praying for the souls and spirits of our ancestors when the sun comes up. So, yes, it's awesome. All African Americans should go to Africa. Yes. And, 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 and go ahead, sir. No, absolutely. And I think that we, uh, Charles and Puma, that we need to start with Black Wall Street Chicago. And one of the questions may be next week, and uh, Mr. Cotton, one of the questions may be there, is to ask how many people have actually been to Africa and bring that to the forefront of their minds. Yes, we do have a lot of issues. We do have a lot of things going on. But I, I, that would be an interesting question, Kuma, uh, next week. How many people have actually ever, ever been? And these, you know, these people are in their 40s, 50s, and 60s. And I, and I would be curious to know that, Kuma. I think we should start with Black Wall Street, with myself. I, I've never been. I think we should start with ourselves, uh, Mr. Cotton, and uh, and start from there. Tony, I, I want to... I've been working with an agency for more than 20 years that is the first black consolidator uh, in Chicago. And we have basically, that has been our thing, taking African Americans and taking African American businesses in and out of Africa. And I've done this for more than 20 years. So I've had the opportunity to see the faces and the joy and the happiness of African Americans basically finding themselves in Africa. 
closing the, the uh, castle on Gory Island where there is no one there but us and our candles and our prayers as we pray out to our ancestors. I've seen this countless times with our people because I've been doing this for years and years and years because that's just how important it is for us to become complete. That's great. That's great news. I want to say also, and I'm going to uh, give both you and Charles uh, opportunity for about two minutes closing statements. But, Mr. Cotton, do you know that Michael Carter has planned for uh, August 12th for us to have a nationwide call-in of Black Wall Street District? Yeah, yeah, I was made aware of that today. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Okay, okay. That is going to be very exciting. We're going to start promoting that tomorrow. That is very exciting. Yes, yes uh, but what I, want, sorry, what I wanted to say also, Sonia, is I've developed an agency. That agency I was talking about, and if they look on that webpage, fightforlifeworldcarenetwork.org, they'll find updated information on the various journeys that we do in and out of Africa. Absolutely. I'm going to go back and take a look at that, too. It's a lot of uh, things for us to look at. So, Kumba, uh, let's give Charles an opportunity to close out, and we'll give you an opportunity, okay? Charles, do you have a fi- any final statements or remarks for us? Yes, ma'am. Yes, uh, yes ma'am. Uh, basically, what I'd like to say is this. Um, I grew up here. I came here when I was four or five years old. Uh, my, my family was here. My family was a well a uh, business guy had a, a business, a construction company for 30 years, and uh, we had 30 employees and 40 trucks, and we did mostly commercial trucks. And that's where the company Mars uh, International Group evolved from Mars Construction Company. And uh, it, it was always been his dream to bring and to take uh, American uh, uh, business people to Nigeria. As a matter of fact, he, he has done that every time to do some projects there. Um, my goal as well uh, is, to, is to carry my father's uh, dream. Uh, he's passed away. My, my, my dream is to take black Americans or business people, the only way Africa is going to develop is for us to go there and help them develop. There's so many ways and so many opportunities and so many ways we can get this done. One caller said, what if you don't have money? What if you don't have a little bit of money? I myself don't have a whole lot of money. What I have done is use the networks that I have. The company, when I worked at Citibank, my clients, people that you know, uh, talk to them, find out who they know, uh, find out what they're interested in doing, you know, take a trip to Nigeria, to Ghana, to other countries in Africa, South Africa, and then have a joint group, have an equity participation, you know, start a group together. See what you can do together. You can start with one project, and then that one project will become a big project. So um, my closing statement, Africa is the final frontier. Um, I will tell you right now, Everybody else got their, ha- their hands in their pots. The Chinese are there. The American people here are there. The Europeans are there. The Indians are there. The black Americans, is up to you. Uh, you can't say somebody's holding you back. You have the Internet. You have all the information. It's up to you. I am here to help. The Black Wall Street is here to help. And whatever information that you desire will be able to make it possible. 
But the key is is to try, you know, to try. You would never, um, like my father said, education is a total of one's experience. So you're always going to learn something if you try. Even if you fail, at least you tried. Thank you for having me. <laughs> thank you, Charles. And at that, I'd like to say thank you, everybody, for uh, having me. And uh, and I'd like to thank my guests, even though Valerie, we lost her. I don't know what happened, but I'd like to thank Valerie. I'd like to thank Sonia for having us on. And I'd like to invite you guys to my webpage because I have, like I said, for over 20 years, I've been taking people in and out of Africa, and I'd like to bring that to Black Wall Street as my gift. So just come on over there and see what we do. Uh, I'm experienced, and, and um, we've done a lot of work in Africa in healing that hole in us, healing that hole in us. We have a torn spirit as African Americans, and this is a healing opportunity. Not, you know, to do business is awesome because right now we are the bottom of a mud pie in America, and we're the ones that's being stepped on in, in everything. We're the most unemployed, the sickest, everything. We have opportunity in Africa. So I invite you guys as a gift to to join me at fightforlifeworldcare.org and look at the ver- and, and look there often and, and see the various things that's coming up in regards to ventures to Africa. We do things on HIV AIDS. We do sociology uh, studies such as malaria, education, etc. So I just want to thank Black Wall Street. Don't forget the summit on the 21st of August, 700 East Oakwood Boulevard, uh, from 8 o'clock to 4.30 p.m., where we'll have a total of 16 different workshops, including international trade, where you'll learn even more than you did tonight. Thank you so much. And thank you so much, Kuma, and thank you so much, Charles, for being with us. And I hope that you uh, come back again and, and very, very soon because we're just touching the tip of the iceberg. Have a great evening. I'm going to close out. This is Sonia Perdue. You're listening to Black Wall Street USA. And I'm glad that Kumba did bring up the workshops. We do indeed have uh, 16 workshops now, Kumba. Uh, Women in Business, Legislative Plan of Action, National Overview of City Planning. We're going to look at the uh, different city plannings in different areas. And we do have a facilitator out of uh, the Black Wall Street District in Peoria. That's going to be Mr. General Parker. He's going to put together that piece for us. Black Contractors of America, Black Wall Street Chicago's Youth Agenda, which is probably going to be our largest workshop, Business Networking Strategies, which I am the facilitator for. And uh, we also have, of course, that workshop on international trade, which is headed up by our host tonight, Ms. Kuma Brooks. Black Church Economic Agenda is part of our program, Follow the Money, Strategies for Black Wall Street Districts. This will be talking about how to create a Black Wall Street that's setting the pace, setting the template, defining what a Black Wall Street District is, all of our guests from out of town and our Black Wall Street districts here, our chairs, will be part of that workshop. Black to Green National Sustainable Agenda, uh, that's, that's Ms. Naomi Davis and Sharon Lewis uh, Harris, who's a part of our organization. Product Development, Marketing and Advertising Strategies, that's Renault Tatum 
and Tori Muhammad are the facilitators for that particular workshop. We do have uh, some confirmations for women in business. I know that Pepper Mills will be one of our guests for that workshop. So please don't forget to join us next week. Black Wall Street USA is on the air every Thursday evening at 7 p.m. We don't want Ron to get lazy and not come back. Remember in closing, persistence is the act of continually pursuing something in spite of obstacles. Persistence is the act of continually pursuing something in spite of obstacles, and that's what we're going to do. And guess what, people? We are going to go to Africa. Everyone, have a great evening, and we do appreciate you, and thank you so much for joining us. This has been Black Wall Street USA, and I'm Sonia Perdue. Have a great night.